Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The themes, images, and cultural vernacular of Victor Fleming's Wizard of Oz continue to haunt David Lynch's art and filmography, from his very first short, The Alphabet, to his latest series, Twin Peak, The Return. Arguably, no filmmaker has so consistently drawn inspiration, consciously or unconsciously, from a single work. Is Lynch trapped in Oz? This is a great documentary film to answer, or at least to pose the question and give you a lot of possibilities. The film is called Lynch slash Oz. We're joined today by the director, Alexander Philippe. Alexander, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, I'm a huge David Lynch fan. Anyone who is, and I believe anyone who's drawn to great film would appreciate and hopefully love the film we're going to be talking about, The Wizard of Oz. Alexander Philippe, you have, throughout your body of work, been about breaking down some of the great works of great master filmmakers. When did you become interested in David Lynch and this connection he seems to have with the film The Wizard of Oz? I've been a Lynch fan for for a very very long time. Uh, I you know Lost Highway really sort of sealed the deal for me. It was my first uh, Lynch theatrical experience, and it just completely blew me away. I mean, I was already a fan, you know, then, but uh, that that experience just um, was extraordinarily important for for me as a as a cinephile. Um, so, you know, I, I've, you know, now that I've been making films about film for, for a while, I'd always wanted to make a film about, about David Lynch, but you can't just make a film about Lynch to make a film about Lynch. You know, you, you have to find the right, the right angle. And, and obviously this, uh, these sort of connections, you know, between Lynch and Oz have been sort of floating around in culture for a while. And, um, it came to the point where I thought, okay, you know, let's, let's just see how deep down the rabbit hole we can go. And if there's a, if there's a film there and, and sure enough, you know, the moment you start opening that door and going down this particular rabbit hole, it started going pretty, pretty crazy, pretty quickly. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I hadn't thought of the connection for me. Wizard of Oz has been such an influential film over so long a period of, of time. Course. It's, you can see it in a lot of, films and some of which are discussed in the film. It's so beautifully done in this film. It's so wonderfully explained. And that includes the people who we can talk about, who are sort of our guides, our hosts yeah. throughout the film. But uh, yeah. boy, is it great. And by the way, Lost Highway was the one that cinched it for me. I, I, my three favorite Lynch films are just quickly are uh, Lost Highway, uh, Elephant Man, and Eraserhead, just because it was such a mind-blowing experience to see it the first you know, when I saw it, I was very young when I saw it. So for me, those were the, sure. those are the films that are a touchstone for me. I love them all, you know, for, for different reasons. And for me, it's really Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive, you know, always at the top. Put the eraser head just, just, just barely below. It's, it's, an, it's one of the best first films of all, of all time. I mean, for first features, you know, of, of all times. I'd like to take a minute to talk about some of the people that are in the film as guides or hosts wonderful lineup of people to explore the connection between David Lynch and The Wizard of Oz, uh, starting with film critic Amy Nicholson, 
Rodney Asher, who we know from Room 237, John Waters, we all know, but Female Trouble, Pink Flamingo, Hairspray, a number of other wonderful films. Karen Kasuma, who we know from the film The Invitation, uh, Justin Benson, and Aaron Moorhead, we know from The Endless and Something in the Dirt. And our final host is uh, David Lowry, director, artist, who's responsible for A Ghost Story. Their narration gives us a context for understanding Lynch as well as The Wizard of Oz and the connection between the two. How did you land on this idea of breaking this film into these different segments? And, and what was your process in terms of attracting these particular people into this project we now know as Lynch Oz? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a fairly organic uh, process. You know, the, the, the first step for me was to find people who were really, one, who completely got it, who were willing to go there with me. It's one of those films where you can't you can't invite 15 people to do 15 chapters and hope that you know six or seven of them will say yes because if all 15 say yes, then you have a five-hour film. So that's not <laughs> really a possibility. So I had to sort of go one by one. In fact, I did start with Amy. She was the first one, and she ended up being the first chapter just out of serendipity. But it makes sense, you know, as a as a as a critic and writer and you know just a film film expert and you know she she really grounds. The narrative and, and the the significance of the Wizard of Oz in culture and start sort of building these relationships, these connections. I would say these totemic connections between the Wizard of Oz and and uh, and the the works of, of of David Lynch. And then after that, you know, Rodney sort of goes into much much stranger, darker territory in in, in typical Rodney Asher form. So you know, each chapter yeah. has its own sort of vibe, feel to it, but it was. It was a multi-step process, sort of working with them and starting with what I call a jazz interview of, of essentially fishing for their, their theory, their, their sort of thesis. And, uh, you know, that, that took a while. And then eventually, I'd, you know, transcribed their interviews, put together what I thought was their chapter, send that to them for approval. You know, we get, went back and forth a few times to make some changes, additions, you know, the, deleted a few things and then ultimately came up with a script that you know felt good to to us and so i would send them back to the recording studio uh to re-record their voiceover so and that's what you have in the film so it was a pretty pretty cool process well let's talk about david lynch yeah uh, his, his where he came from just a bit of his bio because it's hard to break down david lynch in a way that doesn't just sound trite but i i, I it just in terms of his sensibility well, so where's where's mr lynch you know i i i think you know the the thing that's really important to mention too is that it's the 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 film is certainly not in any way, shape, or form, an attempt to solve one the David Lynch riddle or or the mysteries of the creative process. You know, qu- quite the contrary. Well, first of all, there's nothing to solve. You know, there's nothing to there's no code to crack. You know, when when you have a filmmaker like David Lynch who taps into the collective unconscious the way that he does, there's absolutely nothing to solve. On the contrary. There are mysteries. It's about inviting people through a different set of doors or, or windows, whatever ways that we can crawl into his, his brain to look at his work, but also to look at The Wizard of Oz through distinct lenses. And I think that's what's really, you know, the, the, the fun of it. I think that the great pleasure of breaking down cinema, certainly from my perspective, and the great pleasure that I derive from picking the brains of the wonderful people that I get to talk to is to be able to look at those works that I feel I know so intimately that I love so much through a different lens to get a completely different perspective on it. 
And the more you do it, the more you realize, yeah, there's, there's great works because they tap into the infinite in a way. Uh, there's a million different ways that you can look at it. And there's always something new to discover. And that is the joy. And I think Lynch himself, I mean, I think the connections to us clearly are there. Uh, I think some of them are conscious, obviously, in Wild at Heart. There's a lot of conscious references to it, but a lot of them are not. And I think that's that's the beauty of it, is that when you start tapping into not just certain images or ideas or motifs of a film, but the way that he does as a surrealist step into our collective unconscious, then you know his films really start resonating on on multiple levels. And I think David Lynch taps into the American dream and the American nightmare in in uh, very singular ways. And I think that's why he resonates with us. I absolutely agree with that. And I what I find about the film um, Lynch slash Oz is that you explore this kind of the the American ideal, especially the 50s. 50s resonate in his films a lot. And also beyond that, the idea of the subconscious, the idea of who we are, what is what mm-hmm. is our persona and in relation to who we are as humans and the kind of unraveling of all of those uh, aspects of the, of the human experience that allows us to see into his characters and into his films so much creativity in terms of how we view it how we see it how we take it in uh it it's it's that's really the amazing thing about his work is he gives you enough for me he gives you enough of a narrative to hang on to but then after that Mm -hmm. hold on because it's it could go any any direction (laughs) yeah yeah no and that's and again that's i think the beauty you know and i think i think that's true just honestly a very great movie and certainly every great piece of art you know the more yeah the more you revisit it the more things you see and that's uh that's why we keep going back to them again and again and again uh, you know and it, hearing the different host discuss the wizard of oz for me yeah. also was a really wonderful part of the film uh to for the first time i believe it was uh um david lowry's first time he saw it in black and white it was i've got yeah. the, okay. yeah. And I, I, this is how old I am. I, I remember only seeing it in black and white when I, when I was a kid. I do remember that. And, wow. uh, and then the first time I saw it in color, it was, yeah, the, it, it's, there's just, you're right. Great art lends itself to this incredible uh, variety of interpretations. Um, curious is, uh, is this something that you, th- that Mr. Lynch will have seen or has seen, or do you have any expectations that he'll, he'll see the film or? I, I don't really know. I, uh, you know, I mean, he was the first one that I contacted initially. Um, I was pretty, pretty sure he would not want to participate because we, I think it's, you know, he's, we all know that he doesn't really like to talk about his work and, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. I think that's, that's, that's fine. Uh, but I did, you know, feel like I needed to, of course, invite him to participate. And he, he was very nice about it. Uh, he actually said, uh, he wrote, <laughs> "I need to keep my eye on the donut," which is a, probably, I guess, a way to say, "I got, you know, I, I, I got to focus on my own things." I, I don't know, you know, it's it's very Lynchian response. It's kind of the perfect, the perfect Lynchian response, I think, for you know, for something like this. So, no, we invited him to the premiere at Tribeca last year, and uh, I, I, again, I, 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 I don't know that he will want to watch it. Uh, I, I, you know, spoke with John and Guian who. Uh, was one of the, the directors on uh, the art life. Oh, right. And uh, as far as I understand it, you know, David Lynch, who actually participated in that film, 
uh, did not even go to the, the Venice, uh, you know, world premiere. So I certainly didn't have any expectations that, uh, that he would, you know, show up. Uh, yeah. but I did talk, I did talk to his sister, uh, Martha in Coronado. She came to watch the film at the uh, Coronado Island Film Festival because she lives there and she, she loved it. She actually told me that, you know, uh, David was uh, definitely quite quite taken by The Wizard of Oz when he was a kid. So she re- she remembered that very specifically, and she loved the film. She said she was going to tell him about it, but uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's watched it. Yeah, he certainly yeah, has not reached yeah. out to me, but but uh, who knows? Well, I, I again, uh, the film is such a joy in the sense of. Kind of feel, yeah. I I really feel like the connections and and uh, cinematically and otherwise feel resonate so much in his work that uh, whether or not he was there to participate in the film, it's his work speaks for itself. And I do think that 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 all of the different people that we discussed that were that host each of these segments makes uh, it's such a uh, it's such a insightful way that they approach his work and and in connection to wizard of oz and um i yeah it's almost beside the point that whether or not he was he's been in the film or a part of the film uh and I, i'm not at all surprised artists yeah generally are not is, able to break down their work to to that degree and uh um yeah he's the, uh, he's the man behind the curtain you know and that's truly uh, yeah, uh, i mean in our, in our poster as well you know he's he's the man behind the curtain in, 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 in more ways than one. So that's, that's one of the beautiful connections, I think, with, uh, with uh, The Wizard of Oz as well. The, uh, I want to let people know that the film is uh, opening here in Los Angeles on June 9th. It'll be at the Lemley Monica Film Center, also in the Los Angeles at the Los Feliz 3, all beginning on June 9th. And then later on, and also in Los Angeles, the reopening of Vidiots, the uh, the Vidiots, yeah, great. And and I'm so glad to see Vidiots back on the scene here in Los Angeles because uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it is great. Well, I want to thank you. Um, it, I love this great documentary. It really, truly is. And I mean, if if you, you have an even passing interest in David Lynch, uh, you know the power of cinema and you know what he's capable of in Twin Peaks. I guess what I was asking earlier about it, people know him for Twin Peaks and the fact that it ever got made on a network television um, enterprise is just mm-hmm. one of the more remarkable stories in the history of cinema. The fact that uh, that I thing- agree. <laughs> it really is and and there's so much he he seems also to me just watching him on film and in interviews he seems like um a just a, a very open person i know he is uh, very much about meditation it's a huge thing for him well thank you thank you so much uh alexander philippe uh, yeah thank you so much again the film is called lynch slash Oz. It's a documentary film coming out here June 9th at the Lemley Monica Film Center. And then also it'll be opening at Los Feliz 3, as well as Vidiots, all on June 9th. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.